right. Now we're back, back. We're back, back, back. <laughs> this shit always happens. Like, I get a new, I move the studio somewhere, and for some reason, the setup on Pro Tools gets all skewed, and I'm not the smartest guy on the planet when it comes to making sure this thing's running at, you know, its optimal proficiency. So then it'll, like, crash out. And luckily, it happened in, like, three minutes, so we just decided to do it over again. Yeah, so we are recording this podcast for the first time. Um, in Concord, in my old, uh, the red room, my old bedroom from my teen years. Yeah, Um, and it's a great room. It's really chill. It's like on the coolest side of the house where the sun never really comes, so it's like nice and comfortable. The walls are dark magenta. Yeah, she painted them. Which I painted when I was like 14. Yeah, and it looks good to me. Yeah, I I like it. Um, We actually, my parents got the entire house remodeled. We were here. It's my mom's birthday party today, so we decided to do this, and we're going to watch Game of Thrones later, cook some dinner. Yes, it's Game of Thrones night. We're going to cook for our parents who, um, I like to cook for them. I feel like it's a little gesture that's kind of nice. It just takes something off their plate, you know? I really should do it more. I I, I still enjoy cooking. it's kind of a zen thing for me, and I like cooking for other people because you, you get kind of sick of cooking for the same group. Like it's just me and Tom. I'm always yeah. cooking for, and I'm like, I need someone to it's be really a group, to be impressed though, huh? with this. <laughs> I need somebody that's excited about this chicken broccoli situation I'm making. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna have a little fam bam night, but absolutely. And yeah. you know, when I think about cooking, because I've always loved cooking, even when I was a kid. My like my I've mom always been really naturally uh, in like uh, you have intuitive. good uh, in. You have good instinct, yeah. So, like, I didn't start out that way. Like, I would just try a bunch of stuff, and, you know, my mom, bless her, she was like, yeah, totally. Like, I remember reading the Redwall novels (laughs) growing up, and if anyone's, like, familiar with those novels, it's, like, about a bunch of animals that are basically, what's the word, anthropomorphized, so they're, like, humans. Anthropomorphic? Yeah. Is that the right word? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. Hey, Google that, though. (laughs) Well, basically, these animals have human characteristics, and they're all different. Like, there's, like, otters, and there's um, badgers, and... (laughs) My my Google went Why did she think we were talking to her? Um, Because I said, hey, gee, that. So then she went off. Oh, yeah, Creepy. but that was that. I forget there's a robot alien. in the room. Yeah. Okay. I know. Dude, <laughs> well, Big Brother is listening. All the time. We big Brother is listening all the time. And it's, must be pretty boring. Big sister over my there. phone must be so bored. Eavesdropping <laughs> on me all the time, just chatting with anyway, my cats. Anyway, back to the Redwall novels. <laughs> like, the thing about the Redwall novels is that these, like, he would write these crazy feasts and recipes like because there was inevitably there was always a like a scene where these animals you know who are like humans were like preparing this huge feast so he like went to like detail about excruciating he must have have liked cooking oh yeah (laughs) so it was like he's like i'm gonna throw this chapter about like all the dishes that they were making yeah and i remembered like reading that just being like that sounds so good. I want to make that. So like I read, like, I would read like these recipes from this book and then ask mo- my mom if I could like try to make it. And she was yeah. like, oh, of course. And then they would always be horrible. Like always. But Aww. it kind of got, but it's, it's gave me an idea. To be... I used to watch Emerald Live a lot. Oh, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, I recall I that. I loved Emerald Live. I got his like cookbook and then was like trying to make recipes from him. So I like, I've cooked for a while. I've I've always considered myself a cook. Like you, you are, and you, you like I said, you have, a cool instinct where you don't like I have to if I'm like baking chicken breasts I have to google like okay how hot and how long like if I'm doing anything like that I have to like kind of look at what it will take and you can just kind of start cooking something and like throw it on a temperature and like it comes out perfectly and then also um 
people like you have this famous like barbecue chicken thighs um when we were in new zealand did i ever tell you um no. we were gonna cook at we had this awesome airbnb on like a vineyard in the like middle of the like countryside of new zealand yeah. and it was stupid cheap because it, for yeah. some reason our dollar is really good there right now and um and we were like oh we're gonna cook tom and i'll cook we'll, we'll get chicken thighs and we had a barbecue mm-hmm and Carrie was like specifically was like, "Can you make Stewart's barbecue chicken?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, fuck, dude, uh, no." <laughs> so I was like, I, "I don't know what he's doing to that." And then again, um, last night at our show, your friend Lee came, yeah, and he me- I can't remember how it came up, but he mentioned like, "Oh, Stewart's chicken." Like we still like it's definitely yeah. like a weird uh, cult phenomenon. That yeah. <laughs> people, you cook chicken and people like well, remember it. I go to yeah, like when we when I go back to Santa Barbara, it's so funny because I I kind of like taught Colin how to make it the way I make it. So oh. now he call he call he called it like Stew's barbecue chicken for a long time. Aww. But now he calls it Colin Stew's barbecue chicken. Aww. It's so funny. So then when now when I go back and make it, I'm like, this is Stew's Colin Stew's barbecue chicken. So you're also um I feel like I've said this before on this podcast, but your barbecue chicken is the first meat I had after being a vegetarian for like seven years. Yeah, and I felt honored by that. It was just a moment where I was like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> I was like, like your chicken yeah. looks so good. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm hungry. It's been, it is it's been good. a long time. It's really yeah, like, I don't know. It broke my... It's more yeah. of having like I... It, like all the credit I, I give to my Uncle Andy... Who oh, taught yeah. me how to we barbecue. Today, yeah, we saw him great, today. Yeah. He's looking really great. He's actually going keto now, which... I That's I used so to great. do back in the day, and he has diabetes, so he like really Perfect needs to get his blood sugar, you know, under control. And he's killing it. His um, he lost like thirty pounds. He's looking great. He looks great. He had his Brynelson's Viking Village shirt yeah. on, and uh, he's going there on Thursday, which is yeah. great. Yeah, he runs. So uh, that, anyway, I mean, like I love cooking. I I always love cooking, and for me, it's not like uh like I feel guilty. Like a lot of people feel guilty. I think when they like don't work out or you know they don't do something. Like I feel guilty when I go don't somewhere cook. and like buy a sandwich or buy food. Or, that yeah, you I made. feel guilty. It's why when and it's we not even about out, money. Like I don't care about no, money. It's just like I'm like, dude, I could make this. Like, why am I spending twelve dollars on this salad right now? I I like I like the like the physical act of cooking. Like when you come home from work or whatever you did all day, and you just want to kind of turn your brain off for a second. I just like put on some music and like chop and cook and it's totally. total zen dude it's totally total i feel zen the same way me. i mean i turned on the warriors game and i was just watching it while i was cooking yesterday like yeah it was great yeah and, like chopping salad i don't know yeah. um but it's, yeah I, w- I was terrified because i was making barbecue chicken uh for amber my girlfriend the other Aww. the other day and um when she was visiting and i was just in concord like, yeah oh nice and i was so nervous because she's actually like she's like a train like a trained like uh chef like pastry chef. Oh shit! So she. Well, but that's a little different. That's like. Yeah. Baking and stuff, but. But she also does like she's a nanny, so she like cooks and cleans oh, the, and yeah. like takes care of kids for this super wealthy but family. But someone else cooking for you is always special, she, even if yeah. you're like I could she do this, but, you know, day, like. But, like also, I was just like, dude, I I have to like nail this, you know, and and she enjoyed it. It was really good. I gave it to my uh, nephew Theo, and he just spit it out. It was. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I was like, I just bullshit. can't win with you, huh? <laughs> he's in his terrible two space, yeah. so I think he's having some some emotional. Oh no, moments. he really doesn't like me at all. 
at he, all. He goes through liking me and not liking me. Yeah, he goes through phases. Yeah, it's fine. He, I, you, you it's, know, it's like it I just can't it take is. it personally. It's a, it's a, it's hey, a child. what is that? What is that wine over there? You oh, passed it over. We are drinking yeah. uh, Jam Cellars Cabernet, which we just oh, and it's the 2017. That's great. Um, which is our fire year. Um, Those, uh, dude, it's really good. Yeah, dude. Uh, um. It's like fourteen bucks, and we uh we just played at Jam. Have we podcasted since Jam? I think we have. No, we haven't. We haven't. Okay, yeah, it was it was so fabulous. We had a great sound guy. We it's a cool little tasting room. Shout out Amit. Amit. Um, all the wine we could drink. Um, a bunch of friends came out. Like it was just one of my favorite gigs recently. Yeah, and we got a card from the radio station in uh Napa. One of the radio stations. Oh yeah, we were on stage and we said uh. This, we don't this, play Napa a lot, but last maybe two a year or two ago, Tom and I got to sit in on the vine and we played Stumblin' and then we chatted uh with the host whose name is escaping me. Okay. Uh but he's from New Zealand and um shout out nameless man. <laughs> oh man. And uh yeah, he I worked with his wife, so uh so we he had us on and um on the vine and uh and we did a little interview and i said that on stage i was like oh we're gonna play this song that was actually on the vine and then the two people in the audience just screamed yeah and we we're like oh fans of the vine the vine is napa's radio station and uh later they came up to us and they're like we work for the vine and we're like oh shit we yeah. you never it's one of those things where it's like you never know who's in your audience when you play these random yeah. gigs and like i always like to think like just put your best foot forward no matter where the always. fuck you're playing even when we play like we recently played a gig that was like there was probably five people in the room but it's like that show was a complete Disaster. We played on Easter, which yeah. was just you know it was fine. It was a fun. I had a phenomenal day. It was one of my favorite days in a long. We had time. a good day. We had yeah. we spent the time with Tom's family for Easter, and then we went to the gig was in Pacifica, so we went to the ocean. And like I just forget, like I just forget how good it feels to stand in front of the ocean. Totally. You know, like we're yeah. such California people. We're born and raised here that like to just stand like it's like it's very like a physical reaction for me. Like I just like you feel like a. I don't know. It just everything feels right. So we we had a moment at the ocean, and that kind of made the show worth it for me because yeah. we don't get to go to the ocean a lot. Well, I had a great like. So anyway, back to the Vine people before we oh, get sorry, into this. Yeah. The Vine, like they gave us their card and they want us to coordinate with them. And I I should have done it, but I haven't done it yet. But I figured I wanted to give them something. You know, if we're going to give them like anything, it should be our new stuff that we're right. working on. So I need to get in contact with them but i'm hoping that they're reaching out because they want to put us on and i know no one really listens to the radio anymore and no one no but it's still it was really yeah. exciting like tom and i made a little event of it and yeah. it was still really exciting to like sit there um outside like with the radio on and just like hear them be like oh and this is radio keys with yeah. someone and, and it was you know live on the air and like yeah. that was definitely like one of those little bucket list moments that sounded like a total freaking cheese ball such a cheese ball <laughs> peter sykes that's his name sorry nice. that's shout the shout out, out. Peter, sykes. peter sykes yeah he moved to nashville boy. yeah he uh he was like on uh the napa radio for a long time and he was a musician and him and his wife moved to nashville because they were like you know he he works and lives as a musician and he couldn't afford nap anymore which is a bummer but i was like hey man nashville is is a great opportunity so yeah anyway yeah so i i, I want to know who took over his radio show because he had like a weekly like local music hour and it's all local music yeah, so we I need mean, to get our foot back in that we'll situation. see and i think we can and f for whatever reason like it seems like we really do well with napa crowds they do the thing about napa it's a sleepy little town but like they like there's not we're, we're known for our wine tasting and during the day there's a million things to do there's over like I think 400 wineries to go to but yeah. everything clo everything kind of like 
rolls up their, you know, closes their doors at 5 p.m. I guess I was going to say rolls up their carpet, but I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't even think that's like a fucking expression. Um, but in the, so, so nightlife in Napa is like a little scarce, but it's yeah. getting better. Like downtown Napa has really like built itself in the last, like I'd say like 10, 15 years. Um, so there's some music venues opening up like jam where we played opened up like two years ago or something like 2016 maybe. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah. So like they're like itching for like, and also the thing about Napa, it's like a lot of, uh, it's a lot of second homes. It's not a lot of young people, yeah. like mu- young musicians. So when they get a quote unquote local band like us, when we are, we're St. Helena, we're local. Um, it's really exciting. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let's make, let's build this music scene. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Like Tom and I have lived there for two and a half years and it's kind of cool to finally feel like we're a little bit part of the community in that, in that well, way. I mean, Tom is like freaking buddies with the mayor of St. Helena. Yeah, he's buddies with Helena. the mayor of St. Helena. He's got his phone number. <laughs> he's uh He texts him memes and stuff. It's so weird. <laughs> They're buds. Um and then uh and then he's also on a chamber of commerce and stuff. And yeah. He's he's really uh, He's joining their uh, cult, their he's, fraternity. He's running for the president of St. Bones. Helena is yeah, our is our the, joke. No, the, the Mason the Masons the Masons yeah. are trying to get him and yeah. the Oddfellows. That's like the yeah. two like old old man I call them old man fraternities and someone's gonna kill me for that. But like it kinda He'll, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like try to explain it better um but yeah they they're like you should come to our dinners and like so he's getting uh and he's like yeah totally so and yeah he's he's, he's like immersed him. himself in santa Helena, which is really cute but it, we haven't really done so musically yet yeah. you know and so like it's so fun to play i want to play in santa Helena, dude i think i mean like we we've you know talked about like playing more and more music and eventually like hopefully making the transition of just doing music all the time you oh, know and like yeah. i think i think like especially maybe not the full band, but like you and I like playing in Napa, well, once we like break tasting into rooms the... and winery and shit. Well, like, we also got a really we could do that twenty like exactly. every single day of the week. We got an exciting gig this week on Thursday. We're playing an industry party. Oh yeah, um, we gotta get at a winery <laughs> at a winery up in Healdsburg um, that is paying us really well and it was so- sought us out. Sought it was us out. shocking how much they wanted to pay us. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> like I was, I was like Google Hangouts with Emily, and we get this email like come across while we're you know to both of us while we're Google hanging out. And I'm like, oh, check this yeah, out. Yeah, I'm at work. And, and then yeah. they're like, what's your rate? And um, and then we never know what to say. We never know what to say, <laughs> and we're like, oh, you know, like what five hundred dollars like four hundred dollars like yeah and so i was like let's just see what they what they're thinking and like i was like it's always a gamble yeah and i just i said well what what were you thinking what's your budget yeah Yeah, what's your budget and then they came back with a number that you know like probably isn't impressive to like all the (laughs) all of the tech listeners out there but you know it's it's what i make a paycheck so yeah (laughs) for for, for two weeks of work so i was like let's fucking book this gig yeah so yeah. we we booked that and it's an industry party, so we're really hoping that it opens the door to like a bunch of other shit. I think it, I think it will because that's the thing about like I said, Napa's looking for nightlife stuff, and we are actually a little bit of a rarity. Yeah, in the valley, I think there's professional cover bands migrating around and stuff, but there's not a lot of like just fun like young, uh, you know, musicians yeah. playing original music. Yeah. And we're a, fun, think we're a fun live show, I think. We too. are a fun live show, but the other thing, and it was a, one of the best um, compliments slash comments that I'll always remember, it was uh, Drew Hagar's guitar player. I can't remember his name to save my life. Oh, my God. Shredmaster Scott. Oh, I know. Shredmaster Scott. Scott. Scott, yeah. yeah. Um, Scott, Tall guy. 
Um, we finished our set and we got off the stage and he's like, you guys get away with murder. And we're like, what? He's oh, I didn't like, hear about that. He's like, yeah, man. It's like, you are you don't take a dip when you go from like cover songs to original songs because they sound like they should be like... We also pick our cover songs. They They're, sound like they should... This sounds like I'm just fucking... I'm going to sound like a total hipster. Yeah, I'm sounding like such I'm a diva like right a t- now. No, I'm going to sound like, like a hipster. But that's like, what we, he said. And we it, like, pick meant a cover lot. songs besides Preacher Man. Yeah. We play Preacher Man. We play 99 Red Balloons, which are like, these like, are obviously But we covers. play it like we do. We play it like yeah. we do. And then we we have a couple covers where it 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 does, like we have a Modest Mouse cover and we have a Growlers cover and we have a uh, Black Keys cover that's kind yeah. of a B-side and we have a, uh, uh, what's the other one we do? I wouldn't call it a B-side, Black Keys. Everlasting Light? It's the first song on an album. Brothers. That's true, yeah. but I, right, I, brothers, I still right? think it's a little. I don't know. People don't tend to know it. And then um, the Felice, the Felice song. Brothers song. Oh yeah, that that really sounds like you know. Anyway, I I I I, I like that he said that because I agree. I yeah. think uh, I don't think we we sound too much like a cover band when we saying, do a three hour gig. I we're think doing he's a lot of covers that our too. originals sound familiar, which is Aww. the important the important aspect of it. You know, it's like you don't what want a sweet hat, and it's what I've always talked about before i can't remember if i've talked about it on the podcast but it's like the beautiful stranger right like the you find beauty in like a stranger when you find some kind of familiarity and for whatever reason like when you (laughs) and that's what i'm trying to compare to our song i'm totally butchering this but it's like the beautiful stranger is like someone that is somewhat familiar but also attractive to you right so if your music has attractive qualities to it that are reminiscent of like Motown or, right. or well, we're, know, rock we're, and roll. We're looking or, to connect based on uh, relating to something. Yeah. I relate to this. Right? So you have... I connect because I, I, I know a piece of so it. So are you attracted it's to the beautiful stranger or are you com- attracted to this super weird stranger like experimental shit? You know, it's like that to me, that's like the weird stranger where you're just like not, you can't see anything that you know, draws you to them. And there are a lot of original bands out there like that that have like really weird music where you're like, um, it's kind of like uh, Tom Waits or the Foo Fighters, but not really. And, you know, <laughs> you're just grasping for straws at that point. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, maybe I didn't really explain this very well, but. No, I, I get what you're saying. It's is a familiarity. That, like yeah. we have a familiar songwriting style, but it's still like unique it's not like we're ripping people but it's no, well, still that's, familiar and that's how music you know is created is we are all what's the word i use all the time we're, we're all like creating frankenstein versions of all yeah. the songs yeah. and all the music we've heard our whole lives and all the there's so many influences there's a great um if you <laughs> i can't pull it up right now but if you go to liz cooper and the stampedes i think it's their spotify page it might be their website um she writes all her influences out and it's like it's like, you know, I'm influenced by like drive-ins. Like uh, just, ran- there's all this shit, you know, she just yeah. names all this life stuff. And it's like, that's an influence on my songwriting. Yeah. And you're like, okay, it can, it, it's more than just music. Like it's a lot of just uh, participating in the world stuff that, that comes mm-hmm. into your uh, songwriting. Uh, For me, it's like always like, I've written my best songs when I'm actually feeling the feeling that I'm oh, yeah. trying to write from. I never write great songs when I'm 
feeling fucking complacent. I'm like the and chill I'm like a method. I'm like a method <laughs> actor in terms of songwriting. Like I can't. It's really hard for me to write. Like oh, I'm gonna put myself in this. Like I'm a coal miner in the 1920s. Like that's not no. like what I can do. It's like I have to. be. And some people kill that. And yeah. They do oh, that like really Tom well. Waits is a perfect example of yeah. someone who like he can just get into characters in his yeah, head. Exactly. He, he's almost like a you know Quentin Tarantino says about. Uh, when he writes his scripts because his dialogue is so good he says yeah. I just get in my character's head heads and I let them have a conversation I just let that kind of come out of my brain and he's and I'm just like fuck like <laughs> that's uh, okay he's so brilliant yeah I know he's insane and uh I mean Jane I just saw um a few scenes on our Instagram oh you like we you and I like movies a lot so like we yeah. like go to these Instagram pages where they show like movie clips and yeah. we like, like them all the time yeah and so they keep popping up you know yeah and there was one from Django Unchained and it's so oh, good. I, I so forgot long, how so good, good that is. Yeah, it'd be a good one to watch again. It came out like he's coming seven out with a movie with fucking Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio um, about the stunt double Once one, Upon right? a Time in Hollywood. Mm. About yeah, one of them plays a stunt double of the other. Uh, I, think I think Leonardo's the stunt, double? the stunt double. Oh, that makes more sense. And then uh, it's somewhere the Manson murders are gonna creep in because nice. what's her name plays Sharon Tate. Uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate. You know, we watched uh, I Tanya with her as Tanya Harding. She's a phenomenal actress. Yeah, yeah, anyway. gorgeous too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but He's anyway, Stone I Fox. Ooh, see, Ooh. <laughs> oh, to... wow, I like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to transition. No, we're I'm not transitioning. To awkwardly we're gonna transition but, into the band. But basically, yeah, no, that was actually a really good one. I uh, I tried. Applaud you for that. I was waiting this for week, you to name um, a Stone We Fox. kind of just chatted. <laughs> For a while, but this this week we're uh, doing the Stone Foxes, which is a band that we're. I mean, uh, they probably have no clue. Who, well, they might have heard. I mean, They've they played, might okay. recognize us. They played um, two. We've played two shows. Two shows with them. With them. Yeah. yeah, we played with them at Mountain Vibe one year. Desert Vibe. Desert Vibe. Okay. Right. So that was a. Lo- I don't remember. That I'm, was so long ago. Yeah, I'm sure they played at Desert Vibe, and I, I'm not sure if they've played since then, but I know they played Desert Vibe. Yeah, yeah. and then we played with them again at Vinny's right. like a while ago, and they're they're just so, they're such a special live band. They have a great energy, and like I remember the first time sound. I ever heard of them, and they were talking about licensing rights and all this shit that we should really try to hop onto because it sounds like a great thing to do for yeah. independent musicians. Well, it sounds like they don't, and we'll get into it, but, but they I, don't I have first a, heard them they from didn't have a label a, for a Tennessee time. whiskey commercial, Jack Daniels. And it was like a commercial with like this bee with like a freaking pilot uh, helmet. I think maybe I'm making that up. But and he's like flying around and then he dives through some honey and like or dives through some. Oh, it's Tennessee Honey. Shit. Yeah. And yeah. it goes and it's their song uh, King uh, King Bee, which right. we're going to play. Right. And it just it just it's has this rock great and feel change. It has this great. <laughs> they do this great thing. Where they have like this eighth note pulse, dun 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 dun, and it's like, and you can tell they don't record to a metronome because it has like this wild feel to it, which is great. And then it always like slides into that quarter note feel, and they nail that live too. Oh my god, it's so good. And they like they have like. I feel like they slow down like five or six clicks whenever they go into the quarter, the quarter beat time, and it's yeah. just like it feels so perfect. And they're all they're they all they do that um, in a lot of songs. They have these great feel changes in like so many songs. And that that and watching that live, like I the first time I heard their music was live. 
Definitely. Was um, it at the Mountain Vibe when uh, the they were taking... The first time I heard them was Mountain Vibe. Like, Tom was like, they were taking forever to set up and sound check. <laughs> and he's like, man, these guys better be fucking good. <laughs> and then they played... And then they played and like in halfway through the first song, he looks over to the sound guy. He's like, yeah, they're fucking good. They're so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Was that Vinny's or at Mountain Vibe? No, that was at Mountain Vibe. That was at Mountain Apparently, Vibe. Oh, because nobody yeah. heard them yet. We no, just no knew one they, heard they were yet. like the headliners for this yeah. little festival we play. And we'd kind of hired these headliners. Um, but yeah, no, the one of my favorite ways to see a band for the first time is to see them live. Because yeah. you really get that like full impression of there's no like you know bells and whistles it's yeah. just the band playing mm -hmm. live and like they are so tuned into each other yeah live and there's what i mean i think i feel like there's a million i feel like them. in 20 so desert vibe was what 2014 or 15 uh, uh, 13 tw i'm just gonna earlier i feel like 2011 i feel like it's I think it was like 2011 20 so i don't know how many members they had but i feel like it was like four but now i think they, they have, have five six. Or six yeah yeah so um, let's get into this first song though let's do it let's do uh, king we're doing the king the stone Bee? foxes what album is this song i don't oh, we'll get it later. all right yeah king <laughs> Bee by stone
So they have so many different singers in their band. <laughs> I kn- the only one that I really know for sure every time I hear it is Shannon. And he's a drummer singer. Right. So the the um, core of the band is two brothers, right? Shannon yeah. Kohler and Spence Kohler. Shannon uh, plays drums. Wait, their last name's Kohler too, just like the last band we did? K-O-E-H-L-E-R. Dude, the last band we did was Kohler. He's my brother's K-O-L-A-R. Oh, Kohler. Col- like Polar Bear, but yeah, Kohler. Kohler Express. Okay, so this... <laughs> So I don't think they're related, but um, so Shannon and Spence, so Shannon plays drums and sings lead, which yeah. is cool to see live. He's yeah, they're they're so much like the band because yeah, he's just like Levon, like you can tell he's kind of like the band leader and also the drummer, mm-hmm. and he also plays a mean harmonica too. Yes, and then Spence plays guitar and vocals, and then they also have. Vince, Ben, Brian, and Elliot. Um, but in, I remember Elliot. He plays the keyboards and yeah, really a, nice guy. Really yes, nice he's guy. a longer hair. Um, I just remember he's kind of uh, a little Tiny. skinnier yep. and like has a, a mustache. I think. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, but it says in September 2018, the band announced that Elliot, Brian, and Vince would be leaving the band. When? Uh, in September 2018. No. According to their, I know it's it's hard to get kind of like. Uh, recent uh, news on these guys, but that's that's kind of the most recent thing I'm seeing. Um, so maybe, maybe we're anyway. It could be could be positive. Could be good things moving forward. Um, and I bring the whole mood down. Em. I'm I'm pretty jealous because I just saw that they opened for the Black Keys in 2011, and that just whew, is incredible. Yeah, Dan Auerbach is definitely like one of my heroes in terms of songwriting and making music. Producing. And so we. And that's the uh, guitar player for the Black Keys, Dan Auerbach. So the Stone Fox is, uh, it says they're from the Central Valley. Um, and uh, the two brothers, Shannon and Spence, and then Aaron Mort uh, started uh, the band. Um, and they uh, went to SF State. So they say they're from San Francisco, which which is yeah. which is accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Uh, I remember he uh, Shannon was working for uh, a radio station too. I feel like it was that's um, how they got their manager. I was I was reading yeah. about that earlier. Um, because and Tom will tell you this. Like it was around. Um, I can't remember. It was like it had to have been around like when the Giants were winning their first World Series and they were making songs for like every member of the giant of the Giants. So they would like make a little song about like Aww. each player's name. They'd be like cover songs or whatever. Yeah. But they would, you know, like Weird Al type, you know, like, where they just change the name of like popular songs. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently, so they had this guy um, that they were working with at the radio station named Creative Shannon. And that's what they just called him was Creative Shannon. Aww. And apparently this is Creative Shannon. Was so it sounds like, uh, so yeah, so Shannon was uh, working at a radio station. It's funny because he says um, if... Uh, I'd probably be working at a local ice cream shop if he didn't do music because <laughs> he says, I love ice cream and that's pretty much all I want to do other than music. Um, so yeah, it looks like he was uh, interning at a classic rock radio station. They don't name it. Um, Has and then to be the bone, right? He came into contact the with bone. something like that with Joe Barham, the station's music director. Um, and he liked local local artists and local musicians. He probably knew Shannon was a musician. And then it looks like they did like a... The the two this is a Forbes article. The two bonded when they found themselves in an unenviable situation working an event at a local Hooters, like a radio event. 
And Shannon said when they left the gig, they both just felt smutty, gross, and shitty about ourselves. Um, so they were driving back together, and they kind of bonded over this experience of just kind of doing something that they, you know, their heart wasn't in. What they and they agreed to never do anything like that again. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and then Shannon uh, says he handed him his demo that night because he felt like they kind of bonded and... And it was kind of one of those, I guess. Dude, I, I remember existential moments where he's like, "Fuck it, I'm a musician. You're a yeah. radio guy." Like, so I was, here's I was this. in high school. I was 17 years old, and uh, it was me, my buddy Chris, I think Shane, and a few other people. And we might have been doing a music thing, and we were traveling around, and uh, we played a show, and we decided to get dinner at Hooters. So we go to Hooters and like get the, dinner. The food's not even good. Like, why well, we you... didn't know. We just, it was like. <laughs> It was like this establishment that you bother? always hear about, like Hooters. So we're like, let's go to Hooters. You know, we're a bunch of 17-year-old guys. Like, go figure. So we, like, go in there. And um, I remember talking to my uh, girlfriend at the time. And I was like, yeah, we're just at Hooters. No big deal. And she got all pissed and hung up on me. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And um, the next day, she's like, I thought Hooters was a strip club. <laughs> and I was like, how would I get into a strip club? I'm 17. Like, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's a fine establishment, but uh, I thought it was hilarious. I that just, she thought it was a strip club. I just like uh, when they go to Hooters in the office. And oh yeah. Michael's super oh, awkward. Michael, it's so, it's so questionable. <laughs> he orders something weird and she's like, is that what you really want? Cause he's trying to make a pun. And he's yeah. Like, no, it's not what I really want. <laughs> Um, Michael. Anyway, <laughs> oh, he says, "Can I have the chicken breast? Hold the chicken." And she goes, "Is that what you really want?" And he goes, "No, I'll, I'll have it normal <laughs> or something awkward like that." Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, we're all office fans here. I love, I love it. The sexual <laughs> harassment is like always like redlining between like full bore and. And Steve like, Carell has said he's like, I don't. He's like, I don't think like season one of The Office, if that debuted now, that people would would like it or get it. No, uh, he's like, like he's like, I think Michael stuff. Scott is way too like out of pocket. But I mean, for look people. at it. Literally keeps Netflix afloat. Like, look how much people like it now. So Netflix, it's like, yeah, it goes to show that people aren't as like uptight as we make them out to be. I mean, there's a very small minority of people that are very uptight about shit you know but for the majority most people have good intentions and they understand humor and well, they just, understand the, yeah i just want to keep humor being yeah you have to have humor you have like, to have humor because there's a lot of fucked up shit going on and we yeah. have to be a little a little humorous about it and be able to yeah and i think, we're, I think we're finding right now we're finding like the right as a as a society we're finding like the right balance between humor and like being a dickhead yeah right so i think that's there's good that, there's that yeah that that fine balance we're all yeah. trying to find i think that's good because yeah. we obviously like both sides can push a little bit too far like oh you're being a dick because he said xyz and it's like well he's not being a dick he's he's just saying you know he didn't mean it or you know whatever there's no intent behind it so then i think that's eventually going to swing back and being like oh we did go too far with this and that and this so let's be yeah. more chill you know but I, I i watched the office and like there's i feel like the humor itself is based on cringy moments oh my god it's so cringy the it's most so cring cringy. i remember i almost scott's stopped tots. watching it scott's tots oh, that's the most so cringy great. <laughs> when they're like dancing and they're being so extra they're like doing they're like kids like doing break dancing in and the he's front. just sitting in they're their like desk rapping. like <laughs> they're like rapping at him is pam with him too it's so funny no it's uh the new the new um oh aaron secretary aaron yeah, yeah. and um <laughs> kelly aaron what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make your dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, Tom and I watched that one recently, and Tom's like, "This one makes like gives me anxiety." Yeah. He's like, "I can't watch the this one, one that gives the one that gave me anxiety is when he goes to the Scranton office where his ex is at, and her new boyfriend's there. Oh, and, um, oh, and he yeah. just leaves that, uh, and he crawls out of the room, and then Pam comes in and she's like, "You never know what's gonna happen," and yeah. she tries to pick <laughs> it back up, and then he like cuts so her good. sweater and like takes it with him. Oh, and he steals and he steals like information off of her computer. Too. Oh, it's, it's just, like a letter to Michael or cringy, something. But he's like in the conference room in front of everyone, and oh, he's just oh, like, it's so rough. and then he like literally crawls out of the office. <laughs> It's so just too rough. much. I like was in college when I watched that and I was like, I don't know if I can watch this anymore. It's, it's cringy. But yeah, I feel like that's the humor it's based on. The same type of humor that, you know, Parks and Rec is is kind of doing as well. And I think, I don't know, I think that cringy, awkward humor is kind of what our generation is is into. Oh, totally. To be honest. So Maybe. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I mean, there's that, like what keep like literally it keeps Netflix. It's like that and Friends keeps Netflix afloat. Amazing like, that all Friends is on there too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like people. And we keep trying to like watch new stuff. Like, you know, I think everybody has this dilemma where they pull up Netflix after like a long night or a long day. And Tom and I, you know, we're musicians and we were, so like we have, a, we don't have a lot of nights together and we like get our Netflix going and we're like, okay, we should watch something cool together. Like, what are the new documentaries? And we look through shit and then yeah. we're like, do we, oh, now it's 11. Do you want to just watch The Office? And so it's definitely yeah, but keeping us on. should definitely talk about that Robert Johnson uh, doc. Watch it. Oh, yeah. I want to watch that. And then I also want to say really quickly that I was kind of disappointed in the Bundy movie. Did oh, you yeah. watch it yet? No, no, no. I've been, you know, I've been avoiding... Um, uh, true crime stuff lately because it's, it's been really upsetting to me it's not yeah i go through phases where it's like, upsetting and i'm fascinated by it yeah. but like this i see what they're trying to do they're trying to do it from liz's perspective and it's interesting but um i, I like the concept and i thought the acting is amazing i think zach efron kills it so he's he's worth watching for that i was chatting with ellen about it today he's my true crime bud um but i feel like as far as a just from a film and writing and pace perspective it was just kind of badly thrown together and uh, i think if you if you know nothing about his storyline yeah. you will get really lost really quickly oh yeah you kind of just have to know yeah what's I'm like going a, on a lot I'm like and like a, i'm like oh it's they, weird to say but like i'm a, i don't i'm not a fan obviously of ted bundy that's weird to say but like i just am fascinated by the whole the whole story of ted bundy is like very fascinating yeah, the to whole me. darkness it's like it. the same thing as like jack the ripper or like yeah, you know it's, that it's, it's fascinating. Just a fascinating storyline to me and it is real life so that like totally sucks they but, yeah, they, I don't it, know. It, it's just something that I have found myself, like, fascinated by. Yeah, and it's it's a fascinating, like, cultural phenomenon that that occurred for so long and the yeah. way that it did. Um, and I think that, I like like again, I like the concept of what they were trying to do, uh, not focusing on the crimes. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's not as crimey as I wanted it to be, and it's boring. But I just think it was kind of badly done but you know i want to watch it um, yeah i think you should and just kind of see what you think um we we yeah we want to hop on this next tune we got kind of bored um yeah yeah this next one we're going to do is kodo i think it's about i feel like it's about a boxer um that maybe Here we are we're like we just talked about this with tom waits it's yeah. like some songwriters that are able to kind of hop into um like another uh like a character and sort of 
Yeah. Be able to. And I have like this. I I mean, I don't have the lyrics up in front of me, so I can't like really dissect it. But from what I hear, it sounds like this boxer who maybe is um, either just doesn't have it anymore, just in over his head or whatever. And, um, you know, everyone's telling him to like lay down, you know, lay down. Oh, it's like. But he's like, no, I got one more round in me. Like, I can't give up. You know, it's like that. When do you retire? Yeah, exactly. It's a good metaphor for any. Yeah anything really and i've you know i've actually thought about that with music too and i've been like at what point do i just go i just can't do it anymore like but i hate is it gonna be forever or is it gonna don't be don't you hate when you see musicians that you're that you love and that you like are into just be like oh i'm just not doing music anymore like that oh, that always breaks my heart and it's also the so. worst when there's musicians that you love that are releasing music that's really frustrating that are what to music they're are... releasing music that's really oh, frustrating. Oh, that's not to their fullest potential. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to name names, but there was a recent one that we both talked about, and we we're just like, yeah. that is so. It's like, it's so disappointing. You're just like, I, are you just a band that I wanted to stay the same forever, and now you're different, or are you just like, not really? Well, I look at all the artists being that as I... thorough as you were before. I look at all the artists that I love, and <clears> like, there's definitely albums bob dylan's my favorite example just because he's so prolific but like there's definitely albums where i'm like national skyline is probably my top three albums of all time it's gotta be um and then there's albums of his that i have listened to once in my life and will never listen to again because i'm just like this is not what i want and it's it's very you know it might be part part nostalgia too you it's know? it's a little nostalgia but i also just think that there's some albums that artists release that are really well crafted and there's some that aren't and like honestly like i uh really love uh M. Ward. He's one of my he's probably one of my favorite songwriters of all time. Oh, Guitar player, singer. Definitely. I am absolutely in love too. with him. We danced to him at our wedding. He was all in our ceremony. Like he's I adore him. Um, but there's he's done this amazing thing where he'll come out with a bunch of incredible records and then he'll come out with one that is not I'm not as in love with, but then he'll come back and release good material. So that's what I hope. Yeah. For any band that I see release an album where I'm like, oh, okay, this this feels rushed. This feels like the first options of a lot of things where you just said, okay. Yeah, and that's know. a huge thing. First the, options. The it was first like, options. Well, like, when I listen to a lot of songwriting now, um, like on pop, like pop shit, and I'm just like, oh, this was the first draft. Yeah, this was the first Just really thought basic of. lyrics, just really like, yeah, and I'm like, this is the first draft for sure. This is like you asked a 14-year-old or a 12-year-old, like, hey, write a song about the moon and the stars. Okay, yeah. here you go. So, <laughs> write a song about the rain. Okay, here's a song. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I think, uh, yeah, I think people can bounce back from that. So that's my positive hope is I, I've seen artists that I love release albums that I'm not crazy about and then they come out with something really amazing. Um, Bob Dylan, for example, came out with Time Out of Mind in like, I want to say like the 90s and that's one of my favorite, re- that has Make You Feel My Love that Adele co- covers to okay. make you feel my love and like a bunch of other just bangers on there and I'm just like, wow, so like, I don't know, I just always think you can't give up on people um, but you know, we're all going to have yeah. our shitty records. Think of how many shitty songs we've written. <laughs> Imagine if a record producer was like, no, it's great. Just fucking go for it. You know, make a record of that. And then, you know, that gets released. And anyway. Yeah, I know. I hope not. I I always fear that when I was like, we're going to release our album. Like, I hope these songs are actually good. And we're not. I don't know. I've been listening to them and like, obviously the vocals. So basically we recorded everything um, and the vocals are really uh, scratchy right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little harsh on them right now. Cause I'm just like, oh, to me, they, they sound really gritty. Um, 
but yeah, we're about to like polish them into these, you know, beautiful things. And the bones are there. So we're, yeah. we're like the foundation, the foundation yeah, the is there. Yeah. And then we just kind of have to like basically the paint the, the walls. There. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta flush it out. Yeah. Um, finish on. anyway, this one is uh, called Kodo by the stone foxes and it's off of the album small fires uh 2013 
So yeah, that again has that like great build up and feel change in the beginning where it's like it's just like a slight feel change, but it, it's so rewarding. So what's cool about these guys too, and so I'm so to preface. The article I'm looking at um, is from 2015, but it's basically, it's a Forbes article called How the Stone Foxes Got Famous Without a Label Deal. So basically, they lasted a long time having a manager, the guy from the radio show that we talked about, a manager, but not a record label, if that makes sense, right? Um, So, and then they they got on these commercials, um, but they basically, yeah, they opted not to take a as they say, a ginormous loan from someone who takes a piece of everything we've got in order to be in some pressure cooker with a small budget. Um, so they made some really cool business moves um, to finance their records, including just doing commercials, um, which was like, I, I imagine that's like a one-off. It's like, hey, you get this song for this commercial and we yeah. get paid this or whatever, but you don't own... The you know, song, yeah. They don't and you own, don't own the band or the brand. Well, we actually went through the licensing ordeal with them trying to get music for the podcast. Right. Is there like, well, what are you using it for? Do you have any sponsors? Like, right. do we align, you no, know, do very, we align with you? They're very professional about, about that. It, yeah. And I was just like, look, man, like we're just a, you know, mom and pop podcast. Like it's not like a, <laughs> it's not a huge thing. 17 listeners. <laughs> we did all 17 of our listeners are all our family members and they're all great. No, but I, I just, even, even my husband doesn't, but listen. they let us, That's I mean, they let us use the music just, uh, you know, free of charge. They're like, don't use it beyond the podcast, but yeah, which is exactly what, uh, what we're doing. And, and again, if this is your first podcast of ours, we're always just trying to kind of spread the love. We, we love finding bands that, uh, that we think need a little more shine in the world and a little more attention. And, and they're that's, one of that's the bands. And they're like one do. of those bands that we saw live and we we're just like, Oh and my God, this is a local met. band. And we played, I mean, we opened for them and like, it's just, they're one of those bands that you see live and it happens every once in a while where you're just like, damn, this is a local band and they're really fucking good. Yeah. You know, because like I mean, they, there's they bands that yeah. we see all the time that we think are good and we like them, but it's very few and far between where you're just blown away by a band. Yeah. Yeah. And they were one of those bands for sure. Absolutely. Um, and just on a, on another note, just really, really nice guys. Yeah, really nice really guys. Personal Humble guys. guys. Yeah. Yeah, all um, San Francisco natives. Um, I once I say native, and I think that's like their adopted home. They're from all over the place. It well, seems we say like, we're from like we used to say we were from Berkeley when I was Oakland. living in Berkeley. We say we're from Oakland when you were living in er- Oakland. And well, that's where we a started. A lot of from Oakland. Our first and rehearsals were in Oakland. Well, the ba- well, you think about a band, and it's like, where is the band from? And it's like, okay, well, if all of you are coincidentally from the same fucking town then you can say you're all from the same town but uh but where did the band start yeah our band i I mean technically it started in concord with me and you but that's you know it that doesn't uh give enough credit to what our band is now which is four people as opposed to just me and you so i I like to kind of transition into talking about our band as as me and you just you know being related forever and all this thing and then thinking about bringing alante and tom in as like real um, core parts of the band and so so when we first started playing with Tom and Alante was in Oakland so I think yeah. that Oakland's a fair that's why I always say we're from Oakland yeah I think that's fair that's kind of where we were you know created like this yeah. con- this iteration and we all have of, roots and we've had too. many iterations of this band like tons of I think if I really think back on it I would say we probably have like seven alumni of Radio Keys at least uh, I was thinking about so we're playing at the Uptown in Oakland in Oakland on Friday um and we played the Uptown, I want to say like 
2009. I want to say 2009 or 2010. I think it was a little later. Really? Maybe 2000. No, you're right. Okay, because maybe 2010 because yeah. uh, it was Matthew Pollinger on drums and, and Shane, Shane DeLay on bass. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to decide if that was before or after the Mind Readers because I was in the Mind Readers. I think with it was Shane. after. Well, the Mind Readers. Could have been during though. The Mind Readers was 2010, and then it ended in 2011 when I moved to New York, January 2011. We have a bunch of show. funny pictures of uh, that band because we could never focus with that band because Matt is all over the place and like oh, Shane it. is, you know, he's like, "What are we doing?" You know, like half the time. <laughs> and like there, there are pictures of us playing where you're like on the couch being like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like playing drums and singing and i oh, suck at drums that's a great and uh, matt is like playing piano oh we gotta get some of those on the instagram yeah those it's photos so are great. funny and it's like we were just so but i, I thought we killed that uh, uptown uptown show i think it was fun I, so yeah but so that's anyway that's an example of some of our alumni alumnus yeah. um absolutely but I, th- I think that this like especially after this recording like this the four of us are such such family it, it feels so good to find your groove with a band mm-hmm. um not to get all inspirational, yeah. but you know, if you're, if you're let's, working uh, with a let's band. squeeze in one more song, then we're wrapping it up. We have to wrap this one pretty short because we're two reasons. One, we're gonna cook uh, dinner for mom and dad. Um, it's mom's birthday weekend, like we yeah. said, so we want to spoil that busy or what. And um, <laughs> wow, okay, all right. So we're gonna pour her some white wine, make some uh, chicken thighs, and Stuart's famous chicken. Well, it's a Not little barbecue, different. It's on it's the stove be, top. It's still yeah, gonna, I'm just be gonna fry pretty them up, but litty. it'll be good. And um, and then after that, we're gonna get real ready for Game of Thrones. Yeah, and, this is gonna uh, be episode four. So we we're saw no the different battle last from week. Everybody else, we're like basic. we're so into it. Yeah, Dude, everyone I, else is. I didn't want. I, it was like five years ago when Alec was our neighbor in Berkeley and he came over and he was trying to tell me to watch Game of Thrones forever. He was like, you have to watch Game of Thrones. You have to watch Game of Thrones. And I'm like, I don't like fantasy stuff. I don't, I don't like Lord Everyone of the Rings. Everyone says that shit. Yeah. And Dragons he's like, are lame. And so one day, uh, we were just like cooking and hanging out and uh, he was like, he just put it on. He's like, we're just going to watch episode one and you're going to, you're just going to tell me what you think. And we watched episode one and he's like, do you like it? And I was like, yeah, I fucking like it. And we just moved from yeah. there and uh, watched the whole thing. So. I actually started on about episode three and I, um, oh, you're a little earlier. I think I was like two. No, years what off. happened was I like came home. I was living at the eucalyptus hill house, the fortress. And, yeah. um, I come in, you know, after playing beach ultimate or something, it's like probably around nine o'clock, eight o'clock. And everyone's in the living room watching this show, and I, and I'm just like, this looks so corny. And I was like talking shit about it Honestly, for like the, five the minutes. First seasons do look a little. I'm cheesy. like, this looks so cheesy. Like the cinematography, they didn't it looks have a lot of like money. A, it <laughs> looks like a like a soft core like porno almost. Like oh, the no. way that it, <laughs> the way that it's filmed is like so corny, and it's like, and I was just you know talking shit on it, but then like I just kind of sat down and the just shut up so and good. just started yeah. watching it. And then I watched like three episodes, and then after that I just watched all of it, and, like it all the way through. Yeah. So. Anyway, we're on four yeah. tonight. There's three left total, so somebody important's probably gonna die tonight. Yeah, so. someone is. We're still innocent now. We don't but know. But we who have it is. our little tradition where we drink wine and watch Game of Thrones. And every time Tyrion drinks or Cersei drinks wine, we drink. Yeah. Anytime anyone drinks, you drink. Yeah, it's our little Game of Thrones. And then anytime Bran is acting weird, you drink. Right. Anytime he's staring. Yeah. Up. Anytime he's on camera, really. You. Yeah. <laughs> Just anytime they're showing What are some of the other him. rules we do? I guess when that's someone... the only two I can come up with. Someone dies. No, uh, we don't have. We that. should do we that. We could do that because it's gonna. It's gonna. There's happen. gonna be a lot of deaths yeah. in this. Not this like season. random people. Anytime though. it's the screen is just black and you can't see shit, we could just. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we'd just be 
passed out drunk from alcohol <laughs> poisoning. It's like for sure much. turn up, you know. <laughs> the contrast, <laughs> yeah, the turn lighting. Up the contrast a little bit, oh, huh? Man. All right, anyway, this next song is called uh, Jericho by the Stone Foxes. Hide your face like a cover girl, so the mess don't ever show. But your walls are come tumbling down, just like Jericho. Lord, where there's cracks in your makeup, and your world is gonna shake up. So that one's Shannon singing for sure, and he has a very distinct voice. Like he you, does. Can, you can tell it's him every time, and yeah. he's like the other guys. I'm kind of like, who is this again? And uh, <laughs> it's like I said, it's just like cool the band. band where they all just sing. like the band. Yeah. It's like Levon Helms' voice. I mean, I guess all those um, all those guys. What is it, Rick Danko? I can't remember all the guys in the band. Oh um, yeah. yeah, but um, after Robbie Robertson and yeah. uh, Levon Helm, you, you've got Robbie me. Robertson. Oh, so handsome! Oh my god, huge crush, huge <laughs> crush. Um, Have you ever looked into his eyes? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles. <laughs> what is that from? That's from uh, Superbad. Oh, <laughs> is that Seth Rogen's? Is that? It, no, it's uh, the other dude. Seth Rogen's uh, the cop. He, it's uh, freaking god dang it! You know who I'm talking oh, about? Oh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's so it's great. Like Have you ever looked into his eyes? <laughs> No, Robbie Robertson is yeah. uh, a stone fox. Anyway, yeah. uh, so what does the, that even mean? Have you ever thought about that? Like stone fox. I feel like did did who came up with that? Is it Foxy Lady, Jimi Hendrix? I think, like where did I that? I think Hendrix was just you know where did stone writing fox come along from? with the times. I don't She's think he a made stone it up. Cold fox. It doesn't make any sense. It's a sense. cool expression. It I, make I like sense. it, but 
Um, so the last uh, EP I see them releasing is 2018. They covered John Lennon's Give Me Some Truth. Just give me yeah. some truth. Um, and then they have uh, City on the Waters 2018. So it looks like they're 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 still pushing. They're yeah, still recording. Yeah, but so everyone that's really cool. quit. I don't know. I don't know if that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just reading Wikipedia. Like Shannon's a basic, still there, man. Yeah. The Well, the core, like I said, the brothers are still there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what that means um, moving forward. Elliot's a big loss. Yeah, if that's yeah. yeah, he's a big loss. Yeah, just for morale, he's such a sweetie. Yeah, great yeah. dude. Yeah, so just for chemistry, band we're gonna chemistry. get into some radio keys news. We've got a lot of radio keys news because we haven't gotten into it for a little while. Um, first of all, this album is on on its way. We've got the skeleton down. We got to flesh it out. Emily still hasn't done shit yet. Emily hasn't done shit. I did all scratch usual. vocals when we recorded, so all my vocals will be done. Yeah. Post production, yeah. so I, I have a I've lot more guitar begun. to do. You I have, have all my vocals to do. To do. Yeah. We're contracting some uh, horn players to play some horns, and then we might get some uh, keyboard Keys. yeah, slash great. piano, yeah. and then after that, and we still need just on a marketing side uh, and artistic side, we need a we need an album name. We need, we need an album, album name and an album cover. So that's kind of what I'm digging in. My best friend in the world, Carrie, is like so such a beautiful supporter of our band and our music and she she made our logo she hand wrote our logo yeah. and hand drew our uh our she's gonna tell me that's not true and she did it on the computer but i don't care it looks like <laughs> it's hand drawn um our, our radio keys logo from our sticker stickers and uh our actual like font it's not called font but it's like typeface where you like draw out the yeah so she she created that for us based on what we sound like to her and she nailed it. So she's been hitting me up and being like, "Hey, like, send me some lyrics, send me some, send me some, uh, some stuff like that." And I'm gonna kind of get into that a little bit and think about. I want to think about album art. I want to think about songs. She's gonna help basically. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. She. She's. That's her profession. She's a so, designer. So to really dig into it, um, this week. We've got a private party we're playing, so sorry, everyone, not going to that. But after that, we've got May 10th, we've got the Uptown with Overland, Overland, Deer County, and Northerner, and we really want that to be a great show. I think it's going to be a great show. Uh, yeah. Overland is killing it as far as um, uh, Their promotion. Their social media game yeah. is killing it. Deer County is doing a little bit better. If I, if I had to rank them, Overland killing it, then... <laughs> then Why uh, are you ranking them? <laughs> We're doing pretty good. Uh, we haven't been as active as we can be, but I kind of feel like we didn't really have a lot to promote, and we kind of wanted to save our uh, bullets for this show. Yeah. So we didn't like heavily, heavily promote uh, the Napa show because no. it was, it was kind of like a. I don't want to promote those types of shows as much. It's like that's a you could think of it as a showcase, but you can also think of it as like we're just providing entertainment to. Their we're providing entertainment for people that are already there, as opposed to the Oakland gig where it's like you are bringing the this audience. This is a show case where you audience. have to bring the audience so yep. so we're doing that on may 10th may 10th and then uh your boy has um a solo performance in orinda at the oh, fourth bore on uh tuesday the 21st nice and then that week right after that we are going straight to this uh to the uh, central coast again oh, we're playing yeah. paso robles the poor house on the 24th we're playing santa barbara our favorite spot in the world dargan on the 25th and then we're coming back back and playing the blue note in napa on the 28th which i'm actually really excited about so we've got yeah really excited about so again your boys playing solo tuesday uh, may 21st paso robles the 24th santa barbara 25th blue note 28th but most importantly this week 
We're playing Friday. Um, May 10th in, in Oakland. Oakland. And it's and like you know, right off the BART line. Like anywhere yeah. in the Bay Area, you can come to this show. Oakland, Oakland's a fun one because I it's lived in the in, heart of downtown Oakland. I lived in Berkeley for seven years. Um, and you lived in Oakland for a while. And like we we're from this area. And uh, it's it's fun to see who's going to show up, you know? Yeah. Like I've heard a rumor that some of my old Berkeley roommates might come that I haven't seen in like... That'd be awesome. Years, yeah. Well, my, um, my so we'll see. I, I hope so. I think we That'd probably mentioned it really earlier in the podcast, but my good friend who mentioned my chicken—that's what we were talking about earlier. Lee, Lee, yeah, he came. I hadn't seen him since I lived in Oakland, so yeah. that was like 2014, 15. Yeah, and he uh, came to the show in Napa last night, and it was just awesome to. We have it's it, awesome playing shows all around California, and just seeing who shows up. Just seeing who shows up. Yeah. It happens to to us all the time. We'll we'll just put on the Instagram or whatever. You know, that's that's one thing I love about social media. It's like yeah. I can just throw up on Instagram, like, hey, I'm playing at this venue, and then somebody I haven't seen in a couple of years will just show up because they're like, yeah, I live I live down the street, and you're yeah. playing in Oakland, so here Lee we are. He was like, oh man, I was having margaritas with my mom in Fairfield, and I opened Facebook and I saw that you were playing in Napa, and I was like, fuck it, dude. Fairfield let's... is like 20 minutes. He's like, let's drive it's over right there. there. Yeah, it's no, that's really beautiful. And they had a, they seemed like they had a blast anyway. He texted me today, and I'm really hoping to get in contact with him because he's like. You know, like there's so many dudes from your past or people from your past where you're just like, Friends. oh, hi, bye. And you like, you know, it's not that if you never don't see- <laughs> like them. It's not that you don't like them. Again, it's it's not just like, deal, yeah. you know, you're like... You- you know, hashtag no new friends. You know what I mean? Like you're, <laughs> you're like, I can't, I just can't. I have too many people in my life. Like it's nice to see you. Bye. Yeah. You know, but Lee's one of those dudes where he's like such a good dude. And not like we hung out. His energy is great. His energy is great. Yeah. He walked he's in really and positive warm, yeah. and he's just a really good dude. And also like, a you know, has deep conversations the positivity is there. The mindset's there. And, and I mean, we have a history of, like, hanging out. He, like, freaking basically showed me how to, like, lift weights for the first time Aww. in my life. Like, I had never did that until I hit college. And he's like, hey, dude, you'd have fun. You'd like it. Like, you... You know what I mean? Like, he was, like, that kind of guy. And he wasn't a dick about it, like a lot of people are. You know, but he was, like, should give it a <laughs> Do shot. Do you even lift? Yeah. He, he, he was like, you should give it a shot. He opened with that now. And he was um, a really positive influence in that way. And... Like I, like I was telling you yesterday, like when I went to Santa Barbara, I transferred as a junior, and a lot of people do, and so did, they don't Berkeley, have yeah. the communal roots well, that, that a lot of weird people. weird freshman dorm thing. Like I never yeah, did that. Yeah, but that's that. where you meet all your friends. That is, and, and I, I, I didn't do it either. And then I, you move yeah. into Isla Vista, which is like the town that is like, an ins- if you've never heard of Isla Vista, it's just like pretty insane because it's like this little town that just harbors the entire student population there's no like it's not like berkeley where there's like old people houses and like it's literally a hundred percent maybe a few people who like work there but 99 percent student housing wow so like the entire town is the entire population of ucsb so we don't know anyone we move there and there's a specific housing that's just for junior transfers. Yeah. And I met and so many there's people. There's a total that community of that. Like, I and found that's why a I met community Lee, of that too. We transferred yeah. together and then we just were like ran into each other, probably playing beer pong or something, and just started being friends after that. I recommend uh, being a transfer student. I liked it and I saved a lot, saved of, a money. lot of money. I saved yeah. a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. So. But anyway, that's all the Radio Keys news. Uh, the album should be hopefully coming out. I don't want to really say when because I don't want to like jinx it. Summer, late summer-ish. Yeah. 
And we're looking, there'll be more information to come, but we're looking to start a Patreon page. Um, and that'll, we'll have more information on that coming up. But we yeah. figure if we can get even like $200 a month to pay for the rent on our, like, uh, our studio that we rehearse in, like, that would Which be, is more that would just two, be huge. It's five. <laughs> yeah. You know? But, you know, and I, it's exciting uh, because, um, this isn't really news, but it's something I'm excited about with Radio Keys is like now that we've kind of, we're not done with the album, but we've sort of like seeded it and like it's kind of like uh, cemented in a way. Um, I feel like we can start working on new songs again, which we yeah. have, we, we've backseeded uh, songwriting. I have a couple ideas for songs. I have a couple that are like half-baked and uh, I feel like we've backseeded it because it's like, let's perfect these songs for the album. And now that those are kind of laid down, it's like, okay, these are tracked. Like we've got the drums, we've got the bass. We just had to have yeah. vocals, whatever. They're halfway there. It's it's exciting to think about being able to go, okay, let's do the new songs yeah. now. Like, cause we have some new we songs have on, a lot. on the we probably have a full. We probably have a full album's worth of new songs. <laughs> it's that we true, haven't, we honestly. Haven't, and we yeah. wanted, and we had to like do that struggle of like, okay, like with this first album, do we, we have a bunch of songs we wrote 10 years ago and then we have like songs we're writing this month and it's like, how do you decide what makes it? And uh, we just kind of took everything that was finished. Yeah. Um, and then we have a lot of like really exciting stuff. And we, I mean, we left out a lot of songs too. Yeah, like, and there's we a few that are going to be acoustic. We were very specific about the ones that we recorded. Yeah, so it's very chosen and it's kind of a short, we've got 12 songs recorded and I think that's what the album's going to be. Uh, All right. So anyway. Well, we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Wrap it up. Really excited to hit the Central Coast again. Uh, those Yay. are some of our best shows. The Central Coast loves us, man. Those are fun, fun shows. It's yeah, really fun. It's a lot. It's a love yeah. fest. All right. Uh, well, I'm Stuart, and uh, this is Emily. I'm Emily. And uh, we're going to keep searching for that sweet, sweet soul, soul music. That's why if I die